Hi, and welcome back to the Cosmic Goodness Loves You podcast. Today is Friday, January 21st, 2022. I did take a week off doing the podcast, although I had very big plans to do a daily recording throughout the whole year of 2022. Life happened, as things do. So it was um, a mix of travel and catching up with people, and I was definitely more in a cocoony phase of processing a lot of interesting developments over the past uh, couple of weeks. And so I think it's a really good exercise and um, doing something when it feels good and putting it down when you need a breather. But in the meantime, I did binge watch a show that I absolutely could not stop watching. It is called Surviving Death. It came out on Netflix in 2021. It was directed by Ricky Stern. And it was one of those things where I was just kind of flicking through and I saw it under um, the Things You May Like uh, playlist and I clicked on it, watched the trailer, and I every single thing in it was just kind of blowing my mind. And so I just want to talk about it today because it was really fascinating to me. I actually read a book uh, around 2016 called Proof of Heaven and that was around the time that my dad was uh, dying of stage four cancer. And at the time, I really felt like um, this intense curiosity about what happens after we die. And I really could see my dad in a new light when he was towards the end. And, you know, like many people, um, when he was in his last uh, two or three days, he was at Cedar sinai And uh, he kept talking about birds in the room and seeing birds and how bright the lights were and he did mention his mom my nana lucy quite a bit and to be there and to be present in that and really tapped in i i knew that there was something going on that wasn't explainable it wasn't scientific and sure there are lots of articles out there of speculations of uh you know, people at the end tend to be on a lot of painkillers, they're imagining things. And sure, that might be the case. But watching this project and seeing the uh, stories that went along with people in the first episode that did survive death or were clinically actually dead and did come back. Whew. This is the type of documentary project that when you watch, you think about it quite a bit when when you put it down. And um, the first episode does start out. And something about the, the storytellers and, and the characters in it, um, I believe them. They, they come across incredibly, um, they're very matter of fact. And I think that's important to acknowledge because they're, they're not people that are getting swept away and the... Uh, details of then this happened, then that happened, and blah. It was very like, this is what I saw. I don't know what to think about it. And yes, coming back to regular life has been challenging and difficult. That was something I was most fascinated about because imagine you go have this otherworldly experience, like unexplainable, things don't add up, and then you're brought back to earth, back to your body, and you live a normal life and nobody else knows what you saw or went to the places that you you did or your consciousness did or your spirit did or your soul did, whatever you want to call it. And I do, 
have this curiosity about what that's like. And and if you think about it, when you watch it, um, it really does feel as if these people have all seen something. um, It felt threaded. It felt uh, connected. It felt like their explanations all were very similar. Like they all went to a place um, that was euphoric, transcendental, um, light, lots of light, energetically both charged yet peaceful at the same time. And I, I just was fascinated. And, and the, the, the directing of it in the sense of how it's cut and how it's edited, it flows so beautifully. And you're just kind of left speechless, so kind of awestruck. And then episode two and three, it's a part one and part two, it goes into uh, mediums. And that was, you know, interesting to me because it does feel as if these these people um when they're doing their work and and they're acting as mediums it feels the same in the sense of yes very matter of fact um the one that i really felt the most connected to um was this woman um named laura lynn jackson and she is the um author of a new york times bestseller called signs and The Light Between Us, two different books. And uh, she classifies herself as a teacher, speaker, and psychic medium. And I was really blown away by, once again, just the way in which she um, connects to something and watching her really did feel like there was something going on there and you know if I I, you know it's hard it's hard because the people that are going there they're already so skeptical they're already trying to they want the details that aren't google bull they want the things that nobody else would know and I did really like there's one moment where a gentleman sees a medium and he tells a story that before he went, he had uh, prayed or spoken to his relative and said, help me believe this to be true. Help me believe it to be you. Um, Have her say something about my hair. That will be my sign between you that uh, this is real. And, you know, he tells the whole story of going and and nothing said about the hair. And right on the way out, um, the medium does say to him, uh, for some reason, (laughs) I'm getting something about your hair, maybe? And that, once again, I just, speechless, totally blown away. Um, I was really interested in, there's this uh, center, I think it was in England, where people that feel as if they have natural inclinations or ability can go and um, learn how to become mediums. And of course, there are going to be people that take advantage of this or or do it in a way that's not healing or... um, for good. That's everywhere. <clears throat> Every industry imaginable has those people. And so I think you just have to go where the reputation flows. And, and there are enough mediums that um, are talented that do feel as if they're doing it for good that I would just focus on them and I would just sort of let the rest fall away. So that was episode two and three. Episode four 
um, talks about signs from the dead. And this one was, um, I I just, if someone's listening to this, I'm curious, like, have you guys ever seen something or felt something and you immediately thought of that, the person that might not be alive and you just sort of see it and it, it reminds you of it? I've never asked for like a direct sign, but I do feel like I search for signs. And so when I see certain things, it feels like a nod from the universe. One person that I always feel hyper-connected to is my grandmother, uh, my dad's mother, Lucy. And we had this um, hyper-bonded, like bonded, connected relationship where I always thought of her. And every time I thought of her, I felt this in- intense amount of peace and love and understanding and the woman just didn't have a bad bone in her her body she uh was the most uh jubilant graceful uh giggly she all i mean she she was highly intelligent but also just um kind of like like kind of just move right along and focus on the good and um she would wear sweatshirts that said things like think uh things of quality have no fear of time and she always just had a bunch of quotes up her sleeve at any given moment and I always look for signs from her and I feel her a lot and there there have been a lot of um times in which things happen or a song or a moment and I just really like she comes to me I have had very vivid dreams of her after she died and uh the next one episode five is on seeing dead people and uh this one felt um it it, once again just really like um people always search for the science, right? So whenever a medical professional goes to a place like hospice and they want to visit somebody that um, is dying, similar to my experience with my dad, of course there are people that are going to be skeptical and they want the proof. Like this whole documentary really at the heart of it, it's kind of just trying to get to the underbelly of uh, proof. People want proof. People are asking for you know how how did this happen or that happen and they want the answers and by the way this um project uh is based on uh Leslie Keen she's an author and she wrote a book called Surviving Death and that's what launched this project to begin and her the title of her book is a journalist investigates evidence for an afterlife and I, I really do applaud the fact that she, you know, coming out with a book like this, like it's it's super important to, yes, she's a journalist. Yes, this is, you know, um, an investigation. I really liked the one of the reviews from the New York Times. It said an impeccably researched page turning investigation revealing stunning and wide ranging evidence suggesting that consciousness survives death. That's from the New York Times. The description of it is, in this groundbreaking book, award-winning journalist and New York Times bestselling author Leslie Keen investigates the unexplained continuity of the human psyche after death. Keen explores the most compelling case studies of young children reporting verifiable details from past lives. 
contemporary mediums who seem to defy the boundaries of the brain and of the physical world, apparitions providing information about their lives on earth and people who die and then come back to report journeys into another dimension. Well, clearly I have to read this book. And by the way, Leslie also has a book out on UFOs, which I have seen some news that uh, CNN is doing a yet another um, project where it's going to be, it looks like it hasn't been confirmed, but most likely six episodes on UFOs. And uh, Leslie, as a journalist, I really appreciate, um, I guess I just love matter of fact people. She just says occurrences as they happened and she doesn't um she provides insight and and kind of just says the facts as they are you know if if you have facts of things that happened and it's verifiable let the audience link together the um pieces in between I think that's like a huge takeaway that I have from that so then we go into episode six which is on reincarnation and oh man I I just believe the families. I believe the families. I just, I, I, I believe the families. They could make up these characters and these people and they, they could say whatever they want. And um, then the kids would have to cooperate. But the kids, the kids are just, they're shown photos. They're brought into um, different spaces and places. And um, one of them was um, a little boy that um, was murdered as a child and uh, the doctor that studies this, a researcher, I wish at this exact moment I remembered his name, but he um, shows photos to the little boy, mom, dad, playground, places, and he gives him a handful of them, and the little boy gets five out of five. He knows what every single one of them is, and I just, I just don't know how to explain that. And then the next one uh, was a, a young boy that's, well, there were, there were two stories following men. And it is interesting that it was all boy boys in this episode. There were no little girls talking about being reincarnated. But anyway, the, the most compelling one was a little boy that was obsessed with planes, fighter pilots, war, and talked about it extensively. He, from a very young age, knew things about how to build a napalm bomb. And um, the dad finally starts to pay attention, and he speaks with the, the child and and kind of like, you know, show him maps and places and people. And um, basically, the little boy um, has all the details. He knows every detail. And it's similar to the one before who um, was a little boy that was obsessed with the movies from the 40s and 50s, claimed that um, he worked in movies. And that one was really fascinating because he wrote out um, or said, and it was documented, uh, over a hundred details about this man. And the man's daughter was still alive. And when they went through, um, all of the details this little boy said were verifiable. Details about um, this man's life, his name, his age, what year he died, all of these things. And um, it, it, I just believe them. It's unexplainable, but I just believe them. And I don't really know why these people would have any real reason to make these things up. So um, why I love this project is um, I trust 
I trust the the narrators, the storytellers, the doctors. And if you want to watch something like this and you want to just debunk every single thing as you watch it, then that's the experience that you choose to be on as you watch it. If you want to watch it with eyes that are open and yet willing to sort of follow and critique it as you go along, then that's the journey you'll have. But I think it's one of the most important projects I've ever seen because I just can't stop thinking about it. And it made me just think like a couple of the times the people that had near-death experiences that talk about what it meant to them that when their consciousness left their body, that they had this loving, warm sensation of um, past relatives and people and being welcomed. And then it made me think if those people are there and they know what you've been doing and they've been watching all along, then they're they're actually here now and they're close to us now. And as I've started to think that, it just it made me sort of feel this like surrender in a sense of um, perhaps we have people, family members, loved ones, friends, whoever it was that are near and close and their consciousness, their beings, heaven, whatever it is, they're watching us and guiding us and leading us and celebrating us. And, and um, they want the good goodness for us. They want all of the best things. And whether or not that's scientifically proven, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is how you feel when you think about these facts or these ideas. And when I feel that there's a greater good higher than us, a consciousness that's unexplainable that we can't quite scientifically prove, but that wants um, us to have beautiful, bountiful, juicy, fat, rich, cultured, innovative lives. Then it just really makes me feel like while we're here to just savor it all as best as we possibly can, as much as we can, and that our time will be there one day where we will experience what this consciousness is that's beyond, that's unexplainable, that's the cosmic goodness vortex in which all of these people that had near-death experiences are talking about. But while we're here now to just like tap into it as best we can, whether that's through meditation or prayer or whatnot, and... um so wonderful project go netflix loved every second on a funnier note um yesterday was one of my best friend julie's birthday i edited um well i didn't even really have any editing to do i had this really um fun jubilant clip of us at woodstock in new york after seeing chris stapleton and uh we had just the concert had just ended and it had started raining And we just started sprinting, just running through the fields. And I just kept thinking of Woodstock and all the people that had been there before us. And uh, her her mom and uh, her aunt was with us, actually. And uh, I just... I just wanted to remember that moment. So I just, I handed the mom the phone and just said, well, just, you just take a silly video of us running and dancing through the field. And then Julie um, stopped me and she said... uh, oh, I have this thing, This it's from Alan Watts, and 
uh, she goes into this beautiful explanation basically where she's talking about presence and she explains that when you listen to a song you're not like oh can it be over already can I get to the end you jive in the song you listen to the song you're meditating on the song you're letting every note wash over you and how the song makes you feel and um you really experience the song. And so she went on to explain that um, if life could be that way, where we're not just like getting to the finish line and getting to the end, that perhaps it'll like shift our consciousness and our perspective in a different way. And I thought it was a really fun video and it is a really fun video. And I posted it on uh, TikTok and overnight it got 150,000 views, uh, thousands of comments, likes, whatever. And um, the vast majority of the comments are like asking what drugs we're on. They're all, they're like getting into fights. So like, no, like it can't be that drug because her eyes don't look very dilated, but it can't be that drug because she's talking too fast. And I'm reading all these comments and I'm just totally stumped because um, we're we're 100% sober in the video. We're not on anything. We hadn't even had a drop of alcohol. We hadn't taken anything. That's just how we are. And I'm like, why does everyone think that happy, joyous and free people all have to be on drugs? Why can't it be that we're just tapped in, tuned in, turned on in the vortex? Like those feelings of euphoria that come over you when you've done something like go to a concert and you haven't thought about your email, you haven't looked at your phone, you haven't texted somebody that you're nervous about, you haven't done all the things that bring you anxiety, then yeah, you do feel like you are high as a kite. And I I did want to make it really clear in the comments, like, we're not on anything. This is just how we are. And it just kind of, like, further spurned it. And there's just this, like, endless debate now of what drugs we're on. And does anyone else just find that to be so funny that if you're in, like, a good, happy, go-lucky, meditative, um, manifesty place that people just assume you're on drugs? Like, I want to get to the bottom of this. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to connect with all of you and um thanks for your patience as I sort of iron out the how to how to actively do a podcast. I love you guys. Thank you for being here and guess what? Cosmic goodness loves you. Talk to you soon. Bye.